Hello everybody and welcome to Sound of Play. Wednesday in Sound of Play we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. And joining me, Leon Cox, in Sound of Play 277, his name is Tom and he is funky. Welcome Thomas Quillfelt. Hi there. It was uh, it was your suggestion that we do a, a loosely themed show for this one. Uh, all the pieces of music share funk, funkish, funk, funky tendencies um, I mean, it's actually. I was thinking about this. It's a. It's a. It's a hard genre to lock down. I suppose they all are in a way. And and there's a lot of genre fluidity in music, and that's all good. But um, the 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 Cambridge Dictionary's definition of funk is a style of music usually for dancing to with a strong rhythm based on jazz and a tune that repeats. Hmm. I mean, that could describe a lot of different things. But what I did notice. As uh, as I delved into my mental archives and uh, did a bit of you know Google prompting with thinking about games that maybe were funky back in the day and and I reminded myself what they were. There's actually been tons of funk or funkish or funky music in games for going all the way back, and we've got tunes here from in this show from I think 1989 up to uh, 2018 or something like that. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's long been a thing. Yeah, I think if we in music one hundred and one, you'd sort of 
teach a young mu- a pupil of a Padawara of music that uh, funk is all about the one. So landing on the, the first beat of the bar is one of the most important things in traditional funk. Um, we think about George Clinton and Parliament and 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 Funkadelic and stuff like that, like really yeah. obvious funk. Uh, but um, it's interesting in in video games because you start with the with chip tune stuff and and consoles that have these limitations of the 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 chips. Um, the music can be quite uh, constrained, but you can still make some really groovy grooves by pushing against that Yuzo Koshiro is obviously you know one of the the best examples of that of someone who's who's straddled both both eras um and then later on of course you can just record anything you want and so if you want a straight funk uh band or band sound you can do yeah. that uh, like the opening track that we've just heard is you know it's all about the drums all about the bass but there's also this this other trend as well towards uh jazz fusion uh and yeah uh, with the um oh, cassiopeia is it that the, the sort of ties in japanese music between funk play- proper funk bands uh, mm. players and video game soundtracks so yeah there's funk there's funk everywhere there's funk all over the place <laughs> so tell us a bit more about the uh the piece that we opened this sound of play with i'm not sure i can <laughs> i don't know the game we did. Uh, I was doing a, a funky listicle for Lace Records a while back, and I got loads of brilliant suggestions, more than I could even include. Mm. I'd never heard of this game, and I think it might have even been one of the Kena Rince team suggested this kart racer. This, I think, it's just Steam. Um, I don't know whether it seems to have come and gone somewhat. Not, yeah, not it's to... also on PS4. I'm yeah. not sure any other platforms, but yes, yeah, so I don't think it created a huge splash didn't review tremendously well uh, and the soundtrack i did a tiny bit of research so i might be uh, messing this up slightly the soundtracks by the other world agency which is a music yeah. music agency which is like a sort of professional composer collective so i don't know um, how consistent the soundtrack is across all of them in terms of style because i haven't listened to all of it but i do know that this track is damn funky and uh, I briefly looked up Protodome, who looks like he's this sort of academic slash musician who does a lot of chiptune and chiptune funk and jazz, uh, uh, jazz fusion and chip fusion and sort of throws it all up in the air every time by the sounds of it and um, can definitely, definitely groove along with the bass. And I'm a bass guitarist, not a brilliant one anymore, but I cannot resist, um, can't resist the bass. And occasional keyboardist, as we know, of course. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. A couple of former Sound of Play guests are, uh, are included on the the Other World Agency's uh, website. We've got Kevin Penkins on there and uh, Stefan Schutz. Um, oh, really? Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. They've uh, they've worked with um, not on this particular soundtrack, I don't think, but uh, yeah, there's uh, an eclectic group there, and uh, yeah, I should probably chase a few more of them up to get them on the show. Next piece is from the request archives. I looked in to see if we had some pics from the community that fit the brief. And indeed, this one is a 90s piece from Frank Lepaki, uh, who would uh, probably gain most fame from the Command and Conquer soundtracks, which are not really what you'd call funky for the most part, although maybe some of them. 
Uh, but this one here was the uh, the theme to the third book in the Legend of Kyrandia point and click series, and it was requested by Ms. Knight. Studios, Legend of Kyrandia, Book Three, Malcolm's Revenge, <laughs> from uh, Virgin in the uh, in the ni- mid nineties, towards the uh, the latter years of the the first big point and click boom, Malcolm's Revenge. There, yes, it's a bit lo-fi, but um, production-wise, but for the time, actually, uh, there was a lot of you know, there was a lot of real-sounding instrumentation going on. I guess running on whatever AdLib, Sound Blaster, Roland sound cards whatever um whatever the thing was back then where you had to when building your pc not only select all the bits and bobs to make it work but also the right thing to make it sound <laughs> I, I suspect actually that that's red book audio 
uh, by the sounds. Yeah, of maybe it. so. Actually, yeah, because yeah. PC CD ROM. Well, at least it says PC CD ROM on the on the absolutely horrendous key art. Um, but uh, it does sound like it's all synth. You're synth probably right. Recorded, yeah, but uh, it's definitely nineties, isn't it? Definitely, and still horribly compressed into uh, into <laughs> Red Book Audio as well. But yeah, still a fun tune. Next up, we have something, uh, yeah, more high fidelity from a few years after that. The year 2000. Remember when that sounded like the future? Uh, now, this was a game that was uh, released uh, with some, it had some sort of hype around it. But uh, but then I think the, the general response to driving a motion type S was somewhat muted. But... Um, I don't know if uh, if the if the game was your kind of thing or whether it's uh, it's another one of these pieces that has just come on your radar for being funky. Uh, it's only just come on my radar. I tend to, in fact, this track is probably why I just randomly on Slack said let's do funk because okay. someone had on Twitter had just been like, I don't know, I think it was a Kotaku article that just sort of said driving emotion type S was a, a mediocre driving game, but has an incredible soundtrack. Mm. Um, the composer for most of the soundtrack is Shinji Hazoe, mm-hmm. uh, who is, uh, I know from the zero escape trilogy and he, oh, he does okay. just really angular, weird electronica pieces. Um, just, he's always got some in- interesting sounds uh, and creates an interesting atmosphere, even if some of it's, quite caustic to listen to certainly in the zero escape series because that's kind of what those games are about doesn't have to be pleasant in that scenario but uh yeah never touch this game it looks like it might have been a very very early playstation 2 game snuck out to gazump gran, yes, Tur- gran yes. turismo 3 yes. maybe Spot on. Yep. yeah yeah yep, yep. um but i mean it, it, this is stand- embarrassingly in these picks i haven't picked anything from say a ridge racer title so this is going to have to stand in for the funkiness that kind of, in my mind, definitely you, you get amongst certain driving games in the driving genre, um, certain type of funk fusion sound uh, that I associate with with driving games of a certain era. Uh, so this is the this is going to represent all of that, and it's also damn funky. It's not Shinji Hazoe. Um, it is a um, uh, a female composer called, I need to remind hey. myself. Ayako Sasa. Yes, there we go. Um, <laughs> who is clearly an incredibly talented and has done loads of other stuff, actually. It's well worth looking her up.
you ever, have you, did you ever play driving games around this time? Oh, yes, of course, but not this one in particular. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Gran Turismo 3 was actually, even though I've, I've said many times on podcasts that I'm not big into the more the drier driving simulation type games, but I was still taken with the the the, the tech of Gran Turismo's 1 and 3 in particular. Um, and, you know, I finally realised that I was buying these games and looking at them, but not really playing them years and years later. Yeah, so I was more of an arcade racer player still am really and in fact uh ayako sasso she uh she made her debut with the music for rolling thunder 2 which you can play on the namco museum compilation for switch and indeed there's some there's some jazz funk stuff in there she's also written for ridge racer series extensively and perhaps most notably street fighter ex series which again often leans on on very much j jazz funk kind of things and also the tetris grandmaster series as well um so yeah this is clearly uh i'm sure she you know sure she has done many of these pieces are in uh in different genres but she's definitely um worked in that uh in that department before it's funny because my very limited uh, uh knowledge of all of video game music in my mind i, I now associate kind of japanese funky game tunes with the sort of 90s and noughties yes but particularly as you just painted the picture there of driving games and and maybe fighting games and um yeah we just had the pleasure to work on the street fighter 3 uh yeah. soundtrack with lace and i dipped in a little bit to that i didn't know it very well the third strike stuff is, is super a lot of it's super funky super jazzy mm-hmm. really fun and then when i think about the the teens just gone I think of more kind of orchestral, bigger budget funk, like the Persona 5, um, right. Mario yeah. Kart. The, yes. uh, and I don't know enough, unfortunately. Um, Barry Topping, who we had on, who's the Paradise Killer uh, composer, the incredible soundtrack. He is seems to be a font of knowledge for all of this stuff. But yeah, as, yeah. as far as I understand it, there are players shared in common between the very sort of well-known... Cassiopeia and these these um Japanese fusion bands and some of the Mario uh and Nintendo kind of in-house bands now so uh, that's where you get you know that very high quality funk there um but yeah I associate funkier stuff back in the 90s back in the noughties with with particular genres including perhaps the light gun game <laughs> uh, another Japanese production here this is my pick and uh it is very again incredibly 90s although actually i think it it would have been composed yeah probably in the in the pretty much in the early 90s and it's one of those things where although we separate the decades in our mind there's a lot of bleed from the previous decade into the next decade kind of thing um and i think this very much being from virtua cop harkens back to sort of us cop shows probably japanese cop shows as well um the thing i particularly like about this uh i have lots of fond memories because i must have played through uh this stage well the whole game but this stage is the first stage from the first virtual cop arms black market the arcade version had a, a less sophisticated sort of uh sound opportunity so we're going to be hearing the arranged version from the saturn version that's where i know it from and as well as uh, just being a fun, funky piece of music, it was 
choreographed properly so this is a game where obviously the 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 things that you see on screen or the the camera movement through the level is completely locked so there is no um there is there is no problem synchronizing uh, certain beats of the music certain phrases to go with certain situations so you might get a lull in the music and a lull in the action i'd actually be interested to know kind of which whether the music was composed to the to the piece or whether they actually tweaked the the level design around the the music that had already been written but um this deploys enormous amounts of gank the uh, the <laughs> orchestra keyboard stab uh and yeah i used to totally feel like a you know i knew how ludicrous it was i was sitting there in my you know in my flat in the 90s with my blue plastic <laughs> light gun but it had the effect of making you feel like a you were shooting these big triangles basically <laughs> you know you look at them now and uh the graphics are all very unsophisticated but uh well at the time it thoroughly worked and i think looking back it wouldn't have worked as well without this piece of music.
there's a certain um, kind of maximalism to that sound that you associate with the brashness of video games, isn't it? There's a certain kind right. of uh, over the top in your face of the, the cheesy phrases to say, but drilling down into it actually as a piece of music, they're filling up a lot of sonic room with the with the drums are super potent. Um, you know, there's a big fat synth bass in there. There's just so much going on. There's no room for anything. You would have thought that they'd have, you know, <laughs> thought, okay, let's leave some room for like gunshots or whatever. Well, yeah, and I was going to say the the overall effect is quite cacophonous. You've got uh, you got a lot of gunshots and reload sounds, and if you fail to uh, to actually uh, reload outside the screen, you get the voice shouting at you saying, "Shoot outside the screen!" <laughs> um, and you've got. Uh, people in white running past going don't shoot and yeah it's it is a cacophony uh glass smashing things exploding but yeah uh and then the music comes back up after the the sort of the crescendos of of noise and uh and yeah and then you you know and then you start nodding your head again and spinning the gun on your finger and <laughs> doing all the stuff that that makes you feel really cool i'm desperate to have a good light game for I don't know new consoles. I just I don't know why mm. it's not a thing anymore. I desperately the genre died with the yeah. with the cathode ray tube. I, uh, I really desperately miss Point Blank, Virtual Cop Two, po- uh, 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 Time Crisis Two, especially. Yeah. Um, there's some. There's some. I think there's an opportunity here, right, for for a double A or an indie to come in and do a synchronized, like you say, like a choreographed kind of musical shoot 'em up. Mm. crime thing um with 90s aesthetic i think bring virtue cop back but do it modern and yeah and do it that would be fantastic you do it with a move wand or a because uh, they did port some of the the old light gun games to uh, ps3 you can play house of the dead 4 on on ps3 with a move wand uh and yes you can obviously you can point at the screen with um with the uh potentiometers and accelerometers and whatever they are that go inside the motion controllers but it only feels right as as maybe as terrible as this is but i think it's okay when it's it's the basically it's the digital equivalent of a fairground duck shooting game um it it only feels right when you've got an actual at least a plastic gun in your hand yeah (laughs) (laughs) even if the even if the home versions were never quite as weighty and metallic or indeed in the case of point blank as uh, ricochet uh, or a recoil fueled uh, as um, as at the arcades but there's nothing funkier than cops absolutely down bad <laughs> yes <laughs> only the bad guys only the bad guys uh, sliding across a car bonnet and all that good stuff next up well back to the 90s but also uh, some uh, some more recent influence with this too um, and this is I don't know if we've i feel like we must have played the original of this before on sound of play but uh never a never a tragedy to hear it again but what's this version you've got for us so what a surprise i have brought a nobu uematsu track even more of a surprise i brought a final <laughs> fantasy 7 track yeah shock yeah. horror i can't believe tom would do that um well it's just because i think of video games i think of funk and i think of the deep groove of this mm. track and it's yeah. just super funky uh what i've done is is just stick the so so we get to 2020 we have the final fantasy 7 remake 
which uh, is interesting. It has the most gigantic soundtrack of any game I think I've ever seen. It's got like eight CDs plus some <laughs> bonus tracks or something. It is a an absolute monster. I've listened to... Do we include uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate in that? Because I think that might be the yes, biggest Yes, that's soundtrack. true. That's true. That is true. But that's that's kind of a mega compilation. It is a mega compilation. That's 800 tracks or something insane. It is, yeah. But then I About guess you could say that a lot of these tracks are, you know, re mm. just reinterpretations. And it's it's... I've listened to all of it. I've tried to, in my mind, separate what is what. There are some original pieces in there. There's a couple of really great Final Fantasy composers, um, Mitsuto Suzuki and uh, Masashi Hamatsu, um, who came out of retirement, I believe, on the request of Uematsu to kind of lead, be lead composer. But they've also right. got an army of other arrangers to kind of, because there's just so much music. And I don't quite understand why they used so much music from later in the original game and stuffed <laughs> it into this one. Uh, I don't know. They just went crazy. They went absolutely crazy. Uh, and that soundtrack doesn't even include the really nice kind of jazzy uh, uh, or, or otherwise um, uh, discs uh, pieces you find around the game world as well, which is baffling to me. Mm. I need to get those tracks. Anyway. Shotaro Shima is uh, not a particularly well-known, as far as I can tell, composer-arranger. Did nope. some solid work uh, in this game. Really solid work. Um, some of the tracks are more, much more faithfully arranged to the original. This is one of those where it's more just a sort of beefing up of yeah. the original thing. So I thought, you know, it would be fun just to compare and contrast and stick the two together. So what we've got is uh, Uematsu's original, which has this sort of nice deep pocket and made those areas, brief areas of the game, actually, in Midgar feel more exciting and dangerous and funkier. Um, and then the arranged version is is good and modern and beefier i wouldn't say it's you know blew me away or whatever but uh it's it's definitely worth a listen
That was Under the Rotting Pizza, rounded out by Shotaro Shima, from the original, of course, by Nobuo Uematsu from Final Fantasy VII, and the beefed-up version from the remake. There we go. Uh, Under the Rotting Pizza, have you, indeed. Have you played remake yet, Leon? No, I was looking at it today in the sale, uh, but it's still 40 quid at the moment, and there's a ton of stuff in the uh, Black Friday sale that I could happily spend money on even when i've already got an infinite supply of games that will last me several human lifetimes <laughs> yeah. but uh yes of course it is tempting uh, but where i'd fit it in among next year's kane and rinse schedule i have no idea from one uh great japanese video game composer uematsu to yuzo kashiro who's also one of the one of the legends is this this is one of your picks isn't it leon yeah i chose this one uh, not necessarily a piece in itself that I like have massive personal attachment to, although um, I played and completed The Revenge of Shinobi. I say I completed it. I have completed it, but with two caveats. One, I used the infinite shuriken cheat, the legendary infinite shuriken cheat, which, if you don't know, is uh, and this works on all subsequent releases of the game, of which there have been many versions, of course, due to sega's liberal use of unlicensed properties such as uh, batman and godzilla and things like that um the shuriken cheat is if you go to number of shuriken select in the options and set it to zero you'd think why would you do that well i, I mean actually that's there's this kind of a purest way to play it because you can collect them as you go along makes the game very difficult but if you leave the select hovered over the the zero it the double zero morphs into an infinity sign after a few seconds and then you get infinite shuriken <laughs> which makes the game considerably easier and then there's a good ending and a bad ending in revenge of shinobi or super shinobi as it was known in japan you get to the final boss and the uh the woman who you you are trying to rescue who i think is actually meant to be your your partner in the game i think it's a kidnapped partner plot if i recall correctly uh as the final boss fight happens it's essentially it's on a timer and she's being i think like crushed under a door or or trapped in a cage or something and the longer you take to take out the final boss uh the worse so as in if you don't do it fast enough uh you win but you lost um and you don't you don't get the happy ending, so you have to go back and get good, do it again. But I still counted it as a clear. Maybe I'll do it properly one day. Anyway, onto the music. Uh, this is actually a a special mix from uh, I, that I just found on the internet. A twelve inch mix uh, by Eight Bits VGM of Make Me Dance. Uh, so yes, you'd already mentioned Yuzo Koshiro. Uh, and yeah, I, also I think it's uh, it was important in this show to feature at least one piece from the the Yamaha YM two six one two. I think that's the name of the the sound chip that they put in every Mega Drive uh, because it does have a particularly lovely palette for funky kind of soundtracks. And and I I mean it's difficult because I was there and I know how cool they sounded at the time. But I I don't know about you, but I think these still have a a real sort of certain charisma to them that a lot of even a lot of stuff from the same era doesn't yeah i mean it's it's 
So I believe there's another, there's a worse, there's a really terrible sounding Mega Drive chip, sound chip. Well, is that Mega they, Drive they, Two or something? I can't yes, remember. Yes, they yeah. they effectively they re-released the same machine in uh, in a. It's not even a slim format. It was just a redesign that sort of it made it symmetrical instead of asymmetrical. And yes, it was a few years down the line, so they they used cheaper parts. Now the the sound chip in that machine is capable of sounding a bit like. I mean, it like everything. All the games, if you didn't play them side by side you wouldn't necessarily even notice and if you'd never played your mega drive original through a decent sound system you might not even notice if you'd only ever used like tv mono tv speaker sound from the late 80s early 90s you probably wouldn't think anything was up but if you listen to them back to back uh some of the m2 re-releases of these games will have the option to switch between the two sound chips and the thing about the the revised chip and i can't remember what what it was it's just really flat mm. like it's it's just it all the top and bottoms kind of mushed into the middle is the thing yeah I, I mean i don't know as much as i should about these chips other than to say i i totally love the music i love from that era um yuzo kashira obviously streets of rage 2 yeah uh, and the streets of rage series is the is I think it must be that and Final Fantasy VII from the mid-90s when I was playing them. Those are the two games where it's like, this is this music is so good, it jumps out of the game and I'd be happy to listen to it on its own. And it's kind of set me down that path in a way. So yes, um, yeah. very, very fond of the sound of the Mega Drive in general. And um, yeah, it's it's an instrument. It's a synthesizer. And it's it's one of those ones... Maybe slightly less than there's the Game Boy scene with Chipsell and um, Deerful mm-hmm. and various artists. Uh, there's people who stick up, of course, from the SNES. Um, but there's just so much. Look, the Amiga, of course, uh, Commodore 64, especially the whole community around that of music makers yeah. and, and people who love that sound. So it's definitely one of those ones that, that hopefully will stick around in video game music history as one of the greats. So this is all the way back from 1989 and it's called Make Me Dance.
from The Revenge of Shinobi, a.k.a. The Super Shinobi. Yuzo Koshiro's Make Me Dance, remixed by 8 Bits, 8 Beats, 8 Beats, I get it, 8 Beats VGM. Uh, yeah, so it took the original, which I think is probably about uh, maybe a two minute loop and just uh, expands upon it and lets it evolve over the course of a five minute mix, as you just heard there. Something much more recent next. This is uh, another pick from you, Tom, from uh, a game that was kind of a big noise for a while back in 2018. Yeah, it's my I quite enjoyed Donut County. It's got a lovely sense of humor, lovely aesthetic. Um, great soundtrack if you want um, one of those laid back indie uh, soundtracks to just, ha- you know, oh God, I hate this. Not like lo-fi hip hop to work to. That whole thing is a bit done for me, but uh, uh, mm. just quirky beat. Let's call it quirky indie beats mm-hmm. that's just generally enjoyable to listen to over the whole course of the soundtrack. Uh, my four-year-old son fell in love with this game the and now the only bit he can't do is the very final boss and there's some Uh really oddly obtuse puzzles in the game it's not a hard game by any stretch of the imagination and he doesn't understand any of the memes speak and um no why would he (laughs) (laughs) he just skips past all the conversations uh and he doesn't really understand what the concept of the whole thing's about he doesn't understand that you know these people have all been sucked down a hole and that's why they're however many hundred feet underground or whatever or why you're picking up trash or anything he just loves the central mechanic of it um, yeah. i even tweeted the ben esposito i think the sort of picture of the back of my son's head playing it and, and saying that he loved it and uh, and got a like for it so um i don't know that it it's it's not a kid's game but it, apparently no. it is a kid's game so yeah. there you go but uh yeah it's a, it's a delightful one and this is just uh i'm trying to remember this 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 is a funky piece it's not funk uh per se but there's been a couple of soundtracks indie soundtracks of late where um they're just really fantastic but also there's the quality seems to have significantly jumped up and we seem to be now pulling both uh genre vibes from quote-unquote real music genres or just you know different diverse music genres and then fusing them together in a something that still sounds quite video gamey in its sort of intent and feeling i can't put it any better than that the other games in my sort of brain i i include in that are recently hades also grindstone the apple arcade absolutely Mm. perfect puzzle game with a killer soundtrack um there's just something sort of very gamey about them whilst with hades it's it's a prog rock it's this insane prog rock album with like seven eight minute tracks in it um darren corb going absolutely insane with metal riffs or whatever so it's nothing like donut candy in terms of sound but there's something very gamey about it but whilst it also enjoys the trappings of a you know a couple of different music genres actually bringing it into the world of the game and a a big focus on bass guitar there but anyway uh yeah donut county some funky aspects to it and groove and and wonky i call them wonky grooves in there
Wonky Grooves, Wonky Grooves from Daniel Kirstner and Ben Esposito from his game, Donut County, available on most things. Uh, I guess it's probably also compatible with the new shiny consoles as well, because we now don't even have to worry about that. Finally, it only took until 2020 <laughs> to get a properly fully back pair of major backwards compatible consoles. Is that the first time? you? I mean, you, you remember... Uh, well, no, in the sense that the Wii could play GameCube. everything from the GameCube. PS2 and, could uh, play PS1. Yeah, so it's it's not really. It's just uh, the, it's the first time it's kind of all-encompassing and just, yeah, everything you've ever bought before is well, pretty much, give or take a handful of exceptions, is is just there and available to, to replay and possibly in many cases enhanced as well, which is something that... Yeah. Uh, yeah, which hasn't been in, been done in the same way before, apart from you know the Xbox One X. I mean, by but, um, by dint of Game Pass, PlayStation Plus, huge digital sales, this has got to be the largest, most number of games available on a new console from oh you know, yeah day one. Yeah, surely yes, yeah. Um, I guess, uh, and the 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 next Switch will no doubt do a very similar thing. I I, I can't see them just dropping. Um, I mean, actually, again, like thinking about it, the D, the the GBA, uh, the GBA would play Game Boy Color and 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 whatever cart. So it wasn't, yeah, it's not like it's a totally new thing. It's just it just feels like for the first time it's been fully and wholeheartedly adopted across the board, mm. rather than a ooh, we might have some limited backwards compatibility. Well, the thing the thing now is walled gardens, isn't it? It's it's. If, yeah. if you're in, if you own, for instance, Donut County, which is available on these platforms, but you, you know, it's a really good iPad game, for instance, mm. uh, which was where my son uh, really loves it. But if I wanted to, you've got to buy it again if you want it on Xbox, buy it again if you want it on yeah. PlayStation. So it's not like, um, and I think a lot of these indie games that have kind of broken out, as you said about this one, you know, there's a there's a long list of them, but not, you know, by by far the minority of indie games that kind of really succeed i'd yeah. be stunned if the people who were looking at the publishing numbers didn't see you know multiple they can't tell that one person has bought across multiple platforms but mm. i can definitely yeah donut county is the kind of game that you're like have it on switch oh but then you get a new ipad and you might as well get it on ipad and that that you know mm. an easy game to double dip it would be nice if uh yeah the obviously we had some uh we've had some cross buy now with uh, Vita to PS3 to PS4 and, and across those three and and now yes we're getting effectively we're getting cross by with backwards compatible games now that we're we're seeing some movement on the cross play front in terms of uh, games being able to be played between different console platforms and PC even it'd be nice if yeah there was some way of it being able to pick up on the fact that say if you'd already bought uh, a particular game for your xbox it's like you could put in a code or something <laughs> to say that uh that you also owned it on on your other console but um maybe that's a bit niche and also a bit fanciful but um nice idea you mentioned uh grindstone there and it just made me remember because i remember how um how enthused you were about it when when apple arcade <laughs> launched and the 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 switch version has been on the cards for ages now but it's all gone very quiet and i'm just looking at huh. the I'm looking at the Nintendo website and it's saying available fall 2020, which is kind of running out, if not run out. So 
maybe pandemic uh, issues have delayed the the conversion process, but that's still coming as far as I know. So Grindstone for Switch, for those who haven't got on board with Apple Arcade, is, is going to be a thing. Oh, it's absolutely essential. It's It's insanely, insanely addictive. But the great thing about it is even though it has lots of kind of currencies of things in it. It is because it was on Apple Arcade. There was no, you know, no, no hint of microtransactions or anything like that. Um, and it finishes. Well, at least the version, I don't know if they've extended it now, but the, the version I played had 150 levels and then you're done, which is a lot of levels in the mm. game. But the great thing is I'm totally addicted to this game, but it finishes so I can just finish it and forget about it and put it down. Right. Uh, which is yeah. a really great this is that's my my kind of thing i don't want to play i don't ever really want a forever game because you have to jump off it at some point and then yeah feel a bit of resentment for it <laughs> yeah i'm a big fan of cappy going all the way back um thinking about uh might and magic clash of heroes which was a ds game originally and came out on uh ps3 and xbla as well and um oh what was it called creature creature Critter Crunch. That's it. <laughs> Cre- effectively, Creature Crunch. Critter Crunch. Uh, yes, also a mobile and uh, PS3 and Mac and PC game. Uh, very cute and uh, lovely art. Anyway, we're not talking about Cappy. Uh, instead, we're going to dive back to the uh, the aforementioned PS2, GameCube, and Xbox era. And this was a selection from Mr. Green TOS from the forum. And uh, yeah, I think it it fits in with the funky or funkish vibe of the show. So we're going to include it. This is Acid Bath and Portal (laughs) from, uh, from Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance.
think Deadly Alliance was one that was considered uh, not uh, too terrible and uh, a an early 3D incarnation of Mortal Kombat. I think it reviewed quite well, but uh, but I I just I just left a gap for Mortal Kombat between MK Trilogy and Nine, the big yeah, the big reboot. Um, but yes, uh, I saw a few comments on the on the YouTube video for that that piece by uh, which is the sound team on the game is Dan Forden, of course, uh, and or Rich Carl and or Vince Pontarelli and a few people sort of saying, ah, oh, this is when this is when Mortal Kombat games had fantastic music. And, uh, you know, they're sort of opining that there's a lack of such uh, such exciting or interesting music in the, in the recent games as fun as they are. But that may be nostalgia talking. I don't know. I mean, it's all seriously naughties, isn't it? I mean, this everything about Absolutely. this game and this the sound. Yeah. I, I would say that this particular track sounds... No, I've been listening to a lot of Tekken music lately uh, from all across mm. the series, uh, just because, again, we were working on those releases with Lace. It yeah. sounds in that ballpark, you know, kind of yes. funky fighting game, electronic music. Um, uh, and also, interesting, it sounds a bit like Shinji Hazoe's stuff for Zero Escape, a tiny bit, just in, in okay. its heavy use of synth. It's very video gamey. It's very synth heavy. Um there's no attempt to make it sound like real instruments or anything like that. It's just no. it's that kind of uh, that kind of electronic sound, and that's uh, I associate. You know, deep in the noughties, two thousand and two. I mean, it's it's. I can imagine people being a bit nostalgic for that. This kind of quite thick and layered type of music, fighting game music, especially because I listened to the second seven soundtrack. I haven't really played the game a lot, but it's there's a lot of dubstep and um Yeah. There's a lot it's a lot more dramatic and dynamic, uh, which I'm sure uh, when they were making the game is is, you know, very deliberate and a lot of people enjoy mm. that. But there's something very backgroundy, uh, uh, uh in a sort of I don't know where I'm going with this. There's something kind of consistent and backgroundy of music of a certain era, particularly with uh fighting games for obvious reasons you don't want to distract too much from the action on the screen but you do want to keep that energy up and i yeah, think right. uh, people who played a lot of fighting games are going to kind of become very uh fond of that vibe that feel and um you know happy to recapture that absolutely uh well we've already found our way towards the end of the show thanks tom for joining me thanks for suggesting this funky diversion <laughs> i don't know how much we how much about funk people are probably gonna lynch us for not including jet set radio or you know there's a whole i'm sure there's well, a gazillion examples of stuff that we we could have there's one soundtrack i really wish has an absolutely phenomenal percussion based soundtrack with some excellent funky stuff but i can't say what it is and i can't say why i can't say uh, uh why i can't <laughs> why i didn't bring it on here but suffice to say right. at some point in the future i will be mm. talking about how brilliant uh that particular <laughs> soundtrack is but i can't say why or what it is so there you go but very there's, there's plenty of great funk isn't there i mean funk yeah, is certainly there's i've been thinking a lot about prog rock lately uh, uh and how it relates to video games um electronica uh, and electronic music across the ages you know a natural bedfellow in the early days with chiptune but then how that evolved over the 90s with um 
you know the advent of CD and and things like Wipeout and, and games like that. And there's there's certain genres that have sort of seemed to be ever present. Funk has always been there. Mm. Unlike, for instance, hip hop. Hip hop has a weird in and out relationship that's not ever present with video game music for all sorts of cultural and whatever other reasons, technological taste the types of stories being told that kind of thing but definitely funk um and really thinking hard about it prog rock are are two particular genres of music that are just woven in in all sorts of different places you know it doesn't have to be a an obvious piece of funk like at the top of the show um you can just have a sort of one of these electronica pieces that grooves along that is funky uh even if it's not you know, strictly speaking, funk. Funk with a capital F. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, listener, if you have enjoyed this show, but you felt that we've missed out some of the most obvious selections or your favourites from Deep Cuts, whatever, as always, keep those requests coming in. com slash forum. Head to the Sound of Play folder and put your requests in there. Give us a reason why, but it only has to be it's awesome or I love it. Uh, or you can go to town and tell us what funky memories you have. Uh, there's no toe jam and earl in this show. I mean, I mean that is sure. that is a big the archetypal. <laughs> that is, I can't believe. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, that's the nine track. Too, too obvious like because a... all of those tracks have yeah. funk in the name. Uh, I say that, but the next, the last track of the show actually has funk in the name. But it does. I mean, those tracks are so funky. Maybe they're even too funky. For this show, maybe <laughs> yeah. if we'd had any of those tracks in here, it would have shown up all the other funk on display. We'd have gone round and gone into a psychedelic, funkadelic kind um, of oblivion of some sort. I know people would be upset not to hear any nin- of the, as I say, the recent uh, excellent, you know, incredible Nintendo soundtracks with plenty of funk all around. Yeah, jazz funk, in particular, uh, yeah, on the Mario Karts and and, uh, and things like that for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, we've probably played some of them before and no doubt we'll play some of them in the future. But yes, let us know. Head over to the forum or follow us on Twitter at Kane and Rinse, obviously. But yeah, we conclude with a piece that does indeed have funky in the title, probably unnecessarily. But <laughs> it's good, you know, it's good to know what you're about to be listening to. Uh, this is uh, from a game we did cover on a podcast some time back. Uh, show I wasn't on, but I did. I had finished the game back in the day, just didn't replay it. Uh, we're still waiting for the sequel. What could it be? It's beyond good and evil. Uh, tell us about the funky Akuda bar. I, I can't say. It. I mean, it's it's just a funky track that I liked. I mean, do you know what? It seems like that was his working title for mm-hmm. the track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just never gave it another name. That's yeah. because of though because in those days maybe they just couldn't be bothered of giving it creative soundtrack names, but. Uh, uh, I never played Beyond Good and Evil. Um, I did quite like the look of the... I do like Vaporware, right? So hmm. as we're recording, we've had another Half-Life game. We've had the Final Fantasy VII remake. The Last Guardian came out. Final Fantasy XV got finished. All the good Vaporware... Shenmue three came uh, out. All the good Vaporware is gone, right? Huh. Except hmm. Beyond Good and Evil 2 is... There must be something else, is there not? Well, that, Half-Life that... 3... You know, sure, more, you know, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Beyond hmm. Good and Evil Two is probably yeah, it's the definitely big one. the it's the main one. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And some of those tech demos they showed were <laughs> impressively pointlessly yeah. impressive. 
um, and kind of hilarious. But uh, Christoph Herrell, I don't know much about him. I do know I love some of his stuff on the Rayman. Rayman, uh, yeah. Uh, latter Rayman games. Uh, he just seems like a really creative, interesting um, musician. I don't know much beyond that. And um, this is a really funky track. I really like it. And uh, yeah, it's just nice and mellow. All right. Well, listener, we'll leave you with that. Goodbye from me and Tom. Thank you for listening and enjoy. And we'll see you next time on Sound of Play. Bye.